Welcome to Big League Dreaming, the podcast, a show about fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. On today's show, we talk to Scott Kornberg. He's the broadcaster and media relations manager for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the AAA affiliate for the Miami Marlins. We talk to Scott about big dreams, big prospects, and big shrimp. It's all coming up next on Big League Dreaming, the podcast. As long as I live, always, I'm Big League Dreaming. I never got to bat in the major leagues. I'd have liked to have a chance just once to stare down a big league pitcher. Make him think you know something he does. Chance to squint at a sky so blue that it hurts your eyes just to look at. To feel the tingle in your arm as you connect with the ball. To run the bases, stretch a double into a triple, and flop face first. Wrap your arms around the bag. That's my wish, Rick and Silla. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, John Gonzalez here from Big League Dreaming, the podcast, and we're so excited Zach Gonzalez is joining us as co-host today, and if you've listened to the podcast at all, you realize that we're mixing it up a little bit. There's four of us, right? There's me, the dad, there's Zach, son number one, there's Ty, son number two, and there's Zane, uh, he's number three here, son number three. So, But today, it's number one. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You hanging in there, Pops? <laughs> I am hanging in there. You know what? Uh, it's been a fun start to the minor league season. I've been to three games already. And I've seen my hometown, West Michigan Whitecaps, three times, once on the road, twice at home. And it's been the same starting pitcher every single game for the oh Whitecaps. Oh, my gosh. I've been, to, I've been to four games so far. I've worked, I've worked three nights games. And then I've, worked, uh, I've gone to one as a fan. We went on Mother's Day. I've seen, um, I've seen the Braves. And I've seen the uh, – oh, what was the other team we saw? I've only seen the Braves so far. Yeah, because I'll be I'll be working another homestand soon here. So, um, and they have a couple a couple of guys that had have some good major league service time coming down. Yeah, and those guys are just hitting home runs like crazy. Arcia, he played six games. Yeah, six games hit five home runs hit three in one day. Wow! And then they just called up Camargo. It's like it's pretty crazy to see some of the minor leaguers that the Braves have compared to the White Sox. White Sox have graduated a lot of their guys, but the Braves are so deep, so we'll see. And, of course, you root for the Seattle Mariners, and I happen to be wearing a Mariners shirt tonight. You're welcome for that. And I root for the Tigers, and I'm not wearing the Tigers, and they're playing a three-game series uh, starting tonight. So we'll see what happens. May the better team win. That's right. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. uh, We are excited because I'm not sure, Zach, if this is episode number one. We did a trailer to kind of introduce the show a little bit. We have a little shout out for Mother's Day that we did. It was kind of, I guess, episode number two. And then we did features on you, uh, Ty, and Zane. Um, So those are kind of like just to give people an idea of what we're all about. Uh, This is a podcast about fulfilling your dreams, taking it to the next level, you know, achieving what you can um, or aspiring to what you want to achieve, you know. And sometimes those goals go in different directions. You wanted to play Major League Baseball. I wanted to play Major League Baseball. But it, you know, not for mo- not for most of us, it ever works out. So, but this, I guess, would be episode truly number one because we have our first guest, and you suggested someone that, that you know pretty well. I did. We're bringing in Scott Kornberg today, someone that I worked with in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Or single A for the Chicago Cubs. He was the broadcasting uh, guy for for them for a few years. And I uh, got to know him really well. And when we started this podcast, he was somebody that I had in mind. I feel like he's 
seeing a lot of different perspectives. And it's a, it's a point of view that some people don't think about up in the broadcast booth. So really excited to have him on today. All right, well, let's bring him on. Uh, Scott Kornberg, he is the broadcaster, media, uh, and public relations manager for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm sorry to all your, your listeners and viewers because I'm your first guest. What a, what a low bar is set for everyone else after this. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me on. Not, not a low bar at all. Like Zach said, we're, you know, we're going to talk to, for this podcast, we're going to talk to coaches, trainers, uh, players, and broadcasters, people that give us insights to the game. So I know Zach, you, you and Zach know each other and, and the story, you probably know each other a lot better than we know each other, but can you give uh, listeners a little background about you? I mean, did you, I, I, just doing a little research on my own because I'm a journalist by trade here. I know that, that you played, you know, as a, as, as a kid, you played baseball. Did you have those dreams? Because I know your grandparents loved baseball. Yeah, you did some good research. And, and first of all, I love the idea for this podcast. Right now, I think people just need positivity and, and dreaming on stuff, maybe more than anything. Um, so this is something I can, you know, kind of as that kind of person anyway, I can relate to. But yeah, I did play baseball as a kid, not all that well. I was kind of like a platoon outfielder in high school. Um, and I'm about 5'11". I say I'm six feet, but um, not quite there, really. I think if I got measured and 155 pounds. So um, can only throw a ball about 80 miles per hour. So the dream ended pretty early for me to, to play major league baseball. But, um, you know, I, I loved listening to the broadcasters, I guess, as early as I was one or two. And my parents said I was always uh, imitating like Marv Albert and um, Bob Costas and all these announcers as a little baby, pretty much. And um, I would play these games in the backyard sometimes by myself, sometimes with my brothers. And I would just announce the games and we'd pretend, okay, uh, Mike Piazza's batting, Edgar Alfonso, Gunnar Alfonso is coming up, uh, so on and so forth. Or I'd do that in the driveway playing basketball. And eventually my dad said, you know, why don't you think about being a, a broadcaster? And I think that idea kind of stuck. And I, I kind of tried to, you know, maybe pursue other things. I, I have other interests, obviously, but nothing as passionate as this. And, um, you know, I've been really fortunate to work with some great people, <clears throat> excuse me, some great teams, have some great mentors, and, and uh, they've really allowed me to flourish on this dream. Uh, so I won't ever be a Major League Baseball player, but to even get this far and be a Minor League Baseball broadcaster has been a, a dream come true to get to know people like Zach, to get to know players, managers like Buddy Bailey, who we had in, in Myrtle Beach. Because uh, those memories, no matter what happens and those friendships, those relationships, they last forever. And I'm really grateful for them. Zach, do you uh, do you remember uh, talking to Scott there in Myrtle Beach about some of his dreams? I do a little bit. I feel like every time I talked to him, we'd start talking about the Big Ten and, and Maryland every single time because I, I told him about how much of a Michigan State nut I was. So it's a good mid Midwest kind of connection we would have uh, with a lot of our conversations. Pretty neat. Now, isn't, isn't Maryland the team, Zach, that has kind of weird uniforms? I don't know. They do some state flag checkered stuff. He, I know he's, he knows a lot more about it, the history probably than I do, but they, they do their best. <laughs> they do their best. Scott, I know you went to, to Maryland and you, you did bounce. You had, I should say, bounce around. You've been able to go places. You know, you, you were in Quad City. I believe you were in um, in North Carolina. 
um, doing some, some broadcasting there as well. Uh, but you landed at Jacksonville at the uh, Jumbo Shrimp, which, by the way, is one of the best minor league names out there, right? Um, and in this job that you have, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about your role as uh, the broadcaster and public and media relations manager. But let's talk a little bit about those early days for you, because I think it's important for those listening to this podcast about how you go from being a kid that from a platoon outfielder in high school. <laughs> I've never heard of Zach, have you ever heard of a platoon outfielder? You must have had a bigger school than we did. We, we weren't that big, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I was lucky that they had a role for me somewhere. Well, I want to hear about meeting Tom Verducci, because I think that's really an interesting uh, moment in your life, because that's what changed things really for you. Yeah, and I would also say that Maryland's got amazing uniforms. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, my it's actually crazy. I didn't do anything to meet Tom Verducci. My younger brother is a my older younger brother is a very good. Um, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Your older younger brother? I have two younger brothers, so I always say my older oh. my older brother of the younger brothers. Got it. Um, he was a sure. very good baseball player growing up, and he actually played on a team that went to the. Uh, uh, Cal Ripken World Series in 2006. Uh, and we, it was actually in Louisiana. So that was really cool. I'd never been there before. But uh, the coach of the team was Tom Verducci. So at the time, I was a teenager. And um, a lot of good things happened from that team. My first girlfriend, um, her brother was on my brother's team. So that's how I met her. Um, and then Tom Verducci was the coach. And, and my dad said, you know, I've said, you know, you should consider being a, a broadcaster working in sports. Tom Reducci's right there. You know, you, you get to see him every week, several times. Why don't you go up and talk to him and, and see what his life is like? At the time, MLB Network didn't exist. So he was still just at Sports Illustrated. And uh, he was very gracious with his time. He uh, answered any questions that I had. And, and honestly, his life sounded awesome, right? Like he he gets to go around and watch baseball games and write about it. And now obviously he, he does a little bit more in the broadcast end. And um, I think that kind of allowed me to dream a little bit that, he, you know, here's this guy that you're getting face to face. That's the coach of your brother's team. And you kind of see he's just a normal guy and he does this for a career and it kind of normalized things a little bit that, um, you know, maybe if you didn't see someone so close doing that, it's hard to maybe picture yourself doing that. And I think by hearing his stories and hearing what he had gone through and uh, some of his struggles and trials and obviously many of his successes um, and how he approached subjects and how he prepared for interviews and everything, I mean, it sounded great. And I, and I think that was really inspiring to me um, in high school. And I, I didn't go to like a lot, a lot of the times I talk to kids now and they'll say like, oh, in high school I had this broadcast program and I got to do the games and I got to, you know, we did X, Y, and Z and yeah. we didn't have that um, in the mid to late 2000s. It just was a little bit too early. And so to have someone like that as an example, I think was really huge. And then I think was really big into my thinking of um, why Maryland, it just presented a lot of opportunities really early. I'm a big believer that you learn by doing. And a lot of schools were like, you know, you can't get behind a microphone or a camera until your junior year. And I understood that philosophy. And obviously some of them were really highly rated and clearly uh, successful. But for me, I just felt like I had a better experience in my life learning by doing and what um, I call Mr. Verducci. But what Tom had told me was that, you know, he had gotten better by 
by making mistakes. And I just felt that was the perfect way to do it. So I, yeah, that was a big thing. That was really inspiring. My dad has played a huge role in my baseball and sports fandom and empowering me just like my mom and, and pursuing anything. They never said, you can't do this. You can't do that. They just said, if you want to do something, you have to put in the equity to do that. And he's also been a huge force in trying to, to meet mentors and uh, people who have been contacts and who have really guided me. And uh, certainly Tom was a really early uh, mentor, if you will, in that regard. And, and uh, I'm lucky that I have parents who have pushed me uh, to pursue my dreams, one, and B, that have shown me the way that you, you can't just say you want to be a major league baseball broadcaster. There's a lot of work and a lot of networking and a lot of things that go into that. Well, well, Zach, you probably know that, right, from uh, your experience as a player and as a coach and, and, and as dad now yourself, you know, of how the role of parenting plays in, in any young person's upbringing. I know it's, it's really comes down to how you are raised. You, you realize what, what kinds of influences you were around as a kid and how you were brought up, things that you saw, things that you experienced people you were connected to um, plays a really pivotal point in everyone's lives. And it's really amazing to have, you know, parents like, like I do, like Scott has to, to push us and encourage us and whatever we want to do um, sets us up for success. And I, I really hope that, you know, I know how lucky I am. I really hope that other kids can find that as well and have a role model so they can have a positive outlook on life and a good future. Scott, I also like your story too, because um, I think what happens with a lot of young people and, and those that are listening right now, maybe you don't get it right now, or maybe you're, you're trying to get it, trying to figure things out is that you or no one is a success without the help of others, right? And if you don't have that parent support system, you do have people that you can look to like coaches. Coaches are a great example of someone that, that, are there, they're there for you to mentor you, to give you advice and to inspire you. And um, if your dream is to make it to the major leagues, you know, I, I, there's no one that should bring you down and, and, and stop you from achieving those dreams. But along the way, as you grow up, you'll figure it out that, that maybe there's a different route for you to go. And I think Zach, for you and working with Scott, you realize he's, he works hard, right? Oh, of course. He was always at the ballpark. Me being in stadium operations, I was one of the first people at the ballpark. I feel like I would be upstairs in the press box area getting whatever it is together. I'm like, man, you're already here. Like, the game's not until 7 o'clock, man. He was already getting his stuff together, trying to get all, everything in order to get prepped and all of his colored pens and everything for the game. So <laughs> I, I know the grind. Sometimes I forgot the game started at 7 o'clock, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Scott, tell us a little bit more about um, the players that you meet, the players and the coaches, and the mental aspect of trying to get to the next level. You talked about making mistakes as a broadcaster and what you have to learn from those mistakes. Players, are, I would imagine, are the same way. Oh, absolutely. And I think there is some kinship there um, between us and, and the players in the fact that we're all trying to, to get up to the, the major leagues. And there's no secrets there. Um, even the, the older broadcasters, it's, it's the same way. And they, um, I think, kind of understand where we're coming from when we're, you know, doing what we're doing and 
why we're there so early and why we're at pestering them to do interviews or whatever it is. So, um, you know, for the most part, nearly every single player has been just incredible to deal with. And some obviously are, are, you know, maybe more friendly than others, but I think one of the, the great challenges is, and, and one of the things I've really enjoyed is there are guys who are more guarded, but I, I never wanted to be, and this is kind of how I approached it with anyone, but especially with those people. And uh, I never wanted to be the guy who went up to a player and, and I'm also the media relations person. So I'm also coordinating interviews, not just for myself or our broadcast, but also for local TV or a newspaper reporter or being with the Cubs, you get a lot of requests from Cubs blogs or Cubs reporters because it's such a great fan base and the, and the attention is there for the minor league guys, especially when Zach and I were in Myrtle Beach. It was really the beginning of when the Cubs were first becoming good and a lot of still really good young players were coming up that people were interested in. And so like, I never wanted to be the guy that people looked up and like, oh no, here comes Scott. Like he's just gonna ask me for an interview. And so I always wanted to be really personal with them and personable with them. And so it was, hey, how's your family? Or if there's some weird connection, like, um, you know, Michigan State, there's, there's guys who have come from Michigan State that I've been able to deal with in, in my career or whatever it is, there's a weird thing. Um, I just wanted to be able to have small talk at, at the batting cage or in the clubhouse to let them know that I, that I care about them. I truly do care about them as people. I want them to be successful. I want all of them to realize their goal. Um, and it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, for the, the minor league players, what is it, 10 or 15%, whatever that figure is, that those are the only players who play in the minor leagues who get to the major leagues even a day, let alone stay there for a certain amount of time. And so they know the odds and they're putting in all the work. They're the ones that are riding the buses late at night that people don't realize what they're going through. And also it's, it's not right for me to sit up in the broadcast booth and not recognize that. And also um, not recognize that they're human beings and they have emotions that they're dealing with things that, um, you know, off the field that might be bothering them. Maybe a, a family member is sick or maybe, uh, maybe their girlfriend, you know, and them are fighting, even something silly like that. They have emotions. And, and so who am I if they strike out a couple of times or three times a game? It's not my position to, to criticize them. I'm the broadcaster and I couldn't do better than them. And so I wanted them to know that I had their back, that I was accountable, that I truly cared about them, care um, about them as human beings, that I have their back. All this is still in the present and in Jacksonville. And I think that mattered. And I think a lot of guys opened up to me, um, you know, maybe not day one because they didn't know me, but over the long haul of the season, because I'm around every single day um, and because I'm, I'm present and because if there's ever something that, Hey, um, you know, what, what happened? Uh, my, my mom said, you, you told this great story and that um, was really great. And, and guys were starting to feed me stuff, which is, you know, yeah. I didn't have to ask, they were just coming to me, which is easy. Um, and so that's the goal. And so I, I think, uh, that's been the challenge in COVID times has been we don't have the same kind of access, but I, I still approach the broadcast the same way. I'm still, um, you know, respectful of those guys to the millionth degree, not just the players, the coaches as well, the, the umpires even, because I just, I do believe that people respond to positivity. Like, obviously it's my job to say what happens, but I never, ever 
ever harp on something because like I told you guys, I just don't feel like it's my place to do it. And I also don't feel like I could do as good of a job as what they're doing. And so I think that as long with just the little conversations that we would have throughout the year in which I wouldn't ask them to do anything for me. I just wanted to get to know them. I think that mattered to those guys. And, um, you know, I was lucky that quite a few of them that maybe were a little bit unsure at first. And, and part of that's a language barrier. Part of that's, that's who they are were able to open up to me. And I think that they really trusted me to tell their story. And that meant a lot, that trust. And I felt like um, I owed it to them to, to know everything I possibly could about them and to have their backs. And I think that they, a lot of them really reciprocated in Myrtle Beach, in Winston-Salem, um, in Quad Cities, in Western Illinois, where I did college football and basketball. And, and hopefully here in Jacksonville, they feel that way as well. The Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> it is a great that? name. I, I, the people who came up with that are brilliant. Is there really is, is there really a, a George Costanza jumbo shrimp night or something? What is there? there what, what yes. Is that? Um, so obviously, the, for the Seinfeld fans, um, there's the episode where George is eating a bunch of shrimp. So we're doing a, a take on that. Uh, we're giving away a bobblehead where he's you know sitting at the at the <laughs> table shoving shrimp in his mouth. Obviously, relates pretty well if your team is the is the jumbo shrimp so that'll be and so i forget the date some point later this summer but I, I am very excited for that as a big seinfeld fan <laughs> awesome zach uh, you have a question for uh for scott uh, yeah we had a, a question my my dad and i were were kind of talking through the other night we wanted to ask you now that you're in triple a i guess it doesn't all, only go for triple a but what have you seen as far as the players on the field, like what it takes to reach the major leagues? Is there a certain quality or trait for certain guys that seem to, to make it rather than others? Well, that's a good question. Um, boy, I don't know. I, I almost think luck means a lot. I think about Luis Madero who just made it to the major leagues last week from the jumbo shrimp. And um, he had been in the, Diamondbacks organization and was highly regarded enough to get traded for a major league guy to the angels. And then was highly regarded enough to be ranked fairly highly in their organization. And then uh, was a free agent and he signed with the giants and he got unlucky because he got COVID last year and maybe would have made his debut. And then this year, just a whole rash of injuries in the Marlins uh, staff and he gets the call and then he pitches in two games and he gets DFA and it, it could just be over that quick. And um, so a, a lot of it is luck. Uh, but these guys, I, I mean, if you think about it, think of all the hundreds and thousands of kids who play T-ball, um, you know, every single year. And that it's like a funnel. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller as these kids get older and obviously become boys and young adults and so on and so forth. And the funnel is so small in the minor leagues. There has to be a little bit of luck, but it's also that hard work and that desire. Are you putting in every single thing because I mean think about it you start this big and you get smaller the competition is so high and the guys who make it I think are the ones who are doing whatever it takes um the the extra work in the off season the the video work that maybe it's going to a thing like a drive line if you're a pitcher uh, those guys I, I mean it, it's so difficult and it's it's impossible at this level to get by on talent you're exposed I think long before you reach triple a 
uh, even, you know, obviously even like Mike Trout and, and, um, and guys like that, like it's such a tough game. It'll humble you. And I think, I don't know if there's a direct thing, but I, I just think it's, it's a mentality. It's such a draining sport. You fail so often. I don't think a lot of guys realize how difficult it is with the bus rides and the travel and the low pay. And so the ones who can persevere through that and have that mindset and that mentality to still, even through that, give everything they have. I think those are the ones who, who get those breaks. There's that saying that you make your own luck. And um, I do think there is some merit to that, that those guys are doing everything they possibly can to a put themselves in the best position, but Hey, you never know who's watching you. It could be a coach. It could be a scout. It could be someone in the front office and they all know who's doing the extra work. And so I do think that that stuff, those little things make the big differences when it comes time to, Hey, this guy or this guy, or, or those small razor thin decisions, the guy who gives everything gets the benefit of the doubt in those situations. It's a great question though. Well, I'm, one of the things we talked about, right, Dad? We yeah. said opportunity. All it takes is an open door, and you can slide in just like that. And, and yeah, you don't know when that opportunity is going to be there either. That's the hard thing, and that's where kind of that luck element. Like I'm watching Spencer Torkelson closely this year, uh, number one draft pick for the Tigers, number one overall. And uh, Scott, you'll be interested in this. He's struggling mightily, and I think the other part of for these high expectation uh, players is. Um, the adjustments that players have to make at every level, whether, whether it's low A, high A, double A, or triple A, it's all about adjustments. It is. Yeah. I, I even think about for the Tigers, like Zach Short was a Myrtle Beach Pelican. And, you know, yep. you talk about a guy who wasn't supposed to be a major leaguer. Nobody had ever come from Sacred Heart and made the major leagues. He was a 17th round pick. Those guys who make the major leagues that late in the draft or, you know, it's like, almost nobody. And he worked every single chance he could. He was the best teammate he could possibly be. He listened to every single coach. He, I mean, those are the kind of guys that that's why the Tigers trade for him. And that's why he gets a look for Detroit this year, because he is he the most talented guy. No, but he's done everything he possibly can. And when you're a team that's rebuilding and Hey, A, you want those kind of guys in your system to be around the Spencer Torkelsons of the world, the super talented players to show them the work ethic and B, to, to get that chance because you just never know. If they keep maximizing every opportunity, you never know what they might do in the major leagues, like a David Bodie, for example, with the Cubs as well, who gets that big contract. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, you <laughs> just like the, the talented guys, there's adjustments at every single level. Torkelson's one. Keston Hira is somebody we saw dominate against Myrtle Beach, and um, he's going through some struggles right now. And I don't know him, but he was a great player, and it's difficult to watch because he was so good in the minor leagues. But it's a difficult game, and, and the game is constantly changing, and guys are constantly looking for an edge. And so, you know, maybe you, you prove something, but then – Guys aren't going to keep throwing you fastballs. If you're a fastball hitter, you've got to then prove you can hit breaking balls. And then you've got to prove that you can hit pitches on the inside part of the zone. And, and it's just constantly changing. And, and so for Spencer Torkelson, like, it's just not that way in, in college. As good as some of these guys are in college, it's just not the same consistency that you're seeing over and over again. And that's why you see guys like Mike Trent had to get sent back to AAA. Mickey Mantle had to get sent back to AAA. 
that's just the nature of the game. And it's okay to do that. And you just hope that they don't get too in their heads that that situation, that demotion is looked at as, okay, it's an organic thing. I'm going to get back. I just want to work on these few things in a slightly lower pressure environment. And a lot of guys are able to do that. And a lot of guys are not because it's a very, very difficult mental game. And you're constantly having to adjust um, among all these other things you're dealing with. And so I think that's what makes me respect baseball so much is that it's just the constant adjustments that players have to make to be successful. And it makes you really appreciate how good um, Mike Trout is and how good, um, you know, somebody who is getting like a Casey Mize who's figuring that out uh, because in other sports, like LeBron James can do the same thing pretty much every day. And he's, there's only so much you can do to defend him. But in baseball, everything is constantly changing no matter what. Well, Scott, you've been a great first guest, and I want to make sure that, you know, do you mind if we have you on again down the road? Oh, yeah, whatever you guys want, please. <laughs> I'm sorry if I was long-winded today. No, you're not long-winded at all. We just want to be sure that, that we're respectful of your time and you, you, you young dads to take care of your kids. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it's good to be a, a, a good, hardworking young dad who has their priorities straight, and I respect both you and Zach for that. Um, obviously, if you can, just in a couple seconds, tell us what your ultimate dream. Obviously, you want to make it to the major leagues as well. Yeah, that is the ultimate dream. I would, uh, you know, any team, it doesn't matter. I would love to just one day be a major league broadcaster. And um, I've been really lucky. Again, I've worked with great people. I've had amazing people guide me. I've had some amazing organizations to work for and teams. So I, I don't know how I keep getting this lucky, but hopefully that'll continue. And I, I don't know how I'm here. I'm not, not a great broadcaster. Again, it's just getting lucky over and over again, but that would be the ultimate dream. If people want to follow you on, on Twitter and social media and listen to your games, because I love the, the, the apps that are out there now, you can listen to just about any game and, and maybe listen to you call a game. Where can they get more information about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the AAA affiliate for of course, the Miami Marlins. Our, our website's jackshrimp.com, J-A-X shrimp.com. Um, our social media is everything is just at jackshrimp. Um, and, and if you would like to follow me for some reason on social media, I'm at Scott Kornberg, K-O-R-N-B-E-R-G. Awesome. Zach, anything you want to wrap up here? we got about five minutes. What's your favorite baseball movie, Scott? Ooh, Bull Durham. And that is because yeah. we found out that Buddy Bailey is the manager that that movie is based off of, which I, I thought was that. so cool. He was our manager at Myrtle Beach. I don't know if you knew that, Dad. Oh, okay. Well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, Bull Durham. It's, it's a great movie. No question about it. Um, but uh, is there any particular scene that you like the best in that movie? <laughs> um. Boy, I have to. I don't know any particular scene. I tell you what, the other movie I like baseball wise is, is sure. Moneyball, and oh, I yeah. love when they, they uh, show that scene where the A's are just reeling off wins and the, something they something about baseball and the fans just going crazy, um, and and you know when it gets to fifteen and sixteen and then twenty and people are just delirious, jumping up and down. That kind of hits me uh, a little bit uh, internally, emotionally. Because it just, uh, I don't know, just a love of baseball. And it's just, when I'm not broadcasting, I'm that fan. Like, I just love the game so much. And uh, that was definitely me as a kid, certainly uh, more than a, as an adult, uh, able to just show those emotions. And so 
I, I don't know if I have a favorite scene in Bull Durham that sticks out for sure, but I do love that scene in Moneyball, which is another baseball favorite movie because it's just, I, it shouldn't make me emotional, but to see fans go that crazy over a game, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel that way too. And it's just a reminder of how special baseball is. Yeah, no, no question, no question about it at all. Scott, uh, we really appreciate you being on uh, the show, the Big League Dreaming, the podcast. Uh, we hope uh, you have a great, uh, great season there because I can't believe you, really, do you ever really, do you really have a player batting 500 right now? Yeah, yeah, we do. Jesus Sanchez is hitting 500. It, wow. It's incredible. And he's hitting home runs like in on his hands like this and they're flying out of the ballpark. I mean, he's got like 20 hits in 40 at bats. How does that happen <laughs> in 40 at bats? Yeah. Yeah. He's hitting 500, not like four for eight. He's hitting 520 for 40 <laughs> uh, and he's slugging over a thousand. It's, it's amazing. Good for him. He had a stand in the majors last year. It was tough. Um, and then this year he's come back talking about adjustments. He's made several adjustments and uh, clearly is showing. So I hope he gets that call to the major leagues again soon to, to show that hopefully he could stick. And Sixto is, is getting healthy soon. One of these days. We hope. Yeah. He, he got um, a little bit of a shoulder injury uh, in the alternate training site and is hopefully going to be rearing back in June. June. And he was amazing to watch. My God. And so, in that, I mean, that's what the joy of this, right? Like you see players making those adjustments, getting better, figuring things out. And then obviously you're seeing that it's just the best of the best and just dominating people. And so we saw Sixto Sanchez before the world did. And obviously the people, the lower levels could say that before us. But anyway, um, even if we get him for a few rehab assignments, if we're lucky to do that, I would be uh, thankful to, to see him pitch again in person. He is a special, special guy on the mound. Well, Scott, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate that. And we appreciate you being here with us and uh, have, have a great season. Thank you guys. Uh, again, I'm honored to be on. Uh, thank you for having me on Jack. It's great to catch up with you. Great to meet your dad. This is an awesome idea for a podcast and uh, I would be honored to come on again. If you, if you would love for me to have on. To, Absolutely. It's nice for me to have on again. Hey, great to talk to you. Uh, we really, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys. That was a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Scott Kornberg. He is the broadcaster and media and public relations manager for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Again, if you want more information about the uh, Jumbo Shrimp, go to jackshrimp.com. That's J-A-X-S-H-R-I-M-P.com. Find out when that George Costanza bobblehead day is. Uh, you can follow Scott on Twitter. You can find him there at Scott Kornberg. That's Scott K-O-R-N-B-E-R-G. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, Big League Dreaming, the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the social, BLD Pod. That's B-L-D-P-O-D. Todd will, t- or t- Todd. Ty will tell you that in a second. Um, but you can also email us. Yeah, we'd love to hear your questions and your feedback because uh, this podcast is building and growing every single day. Uh, make sure to give us a subscribe and a like and a review, if you could, please, on the on the different uh, platforms. Uh, email us, Big League Dreaming. That's Big League Dreaming at gmail.com. Big League Dreaming at gmail.com. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. You know, any feedback is much appreciated. All right. Well, I'll see you soon here on the on the show. 
Hey, it's Ty here from Big League Dreaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at BLDPod. That is at BLDPod. We'd love to hear from you.